Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Today, John continues his series on heaven from the book of Revelation with his message, How Will We Serve God in Heaven? If you have your Bible today, I wish you would open it to the book of Revelation, chapter number 22. Now, there are a couple of verses I want to give you before we get into Revelation this morning. In Romans chapter 8, There's a verse that I memorized years ago out of the New King James, and in the New King James Bible, it says it this way. Paul said that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will one day be revealed in us. But look how the living Bible says it so much simpler and so much cleaner than that. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. What we suffered now is nothing compared to the glory He will give us later. And so problems, difficulties, sufferings in this life, it's nothing compared to how wonderful heaven will be. And then there's another verse, Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 2. I learned it in the, in the New King James. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. But look at it in the Living Bible. Colossians 3, 2 is the tremendous verse. Let heaven fill your thoughts Don't spend your time worrying about things down here. And so the Bible is telling us if we will fill our mind with thoughts of heaven, if we'll remind ourselves this is not it, we're going somewhere else, we're only here for a little while, and we will get to heaven, and we will be there, and all of our problems will be over. But the question is, what are we going to do when we get there? You have family members and friends right now in heaven, and so do I. What are they doing up there? Well, we've spent several weeks answering that question. We know the best thing that they are doing and the best thing we'll do when we get to heaven, we're going to see Jesus face to face. That's going to be unbelievable. Not only that, His name will be written across our forehead. And so we're going to be reunited with our family members and friends. We're going to meet Abraham, and we're going to meet these other Bible characters that we've read about. But we're going to meet them and talk to them and learn more about what their life was like on earth. But one of the things that we're going to do when we get to heaven is that we're going to serve God. And and we're going to read that in just a moment. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, we're going to reign with Christ and we're going to serve Him. Now, what does it mean that we're going to reign with Christ? Well, remember this, in heaven, Jesus is the king. And just like kings and presidents have their cabinet their cabinets on earth, and they place people in those positions, and those people have specific responsibilities. When we get to heaven, King Jesus will have a cabinet, and we're going to be in that cabinet, and we're going to have responsibilities to serve Him once we get to heaven. But the thing I want us to really get in our minds this morning, our service of God in heaven will be directly related to our faithfulness to God on earth. In other words, if we have been faithful to God while we were on the earth, and that's what this message today is going to be about, when we get to heaven, God is going to say, you were faithful on earth, 
with the responsibilities I gave you, no matter how small they seemed. And so now you're in heaven. I'm going to give you bigger responsibilities. I'm going to give you greater things to do. Look at this verse. In Matthew chapter 25 and verse 21, Jesus had told a parable about heaven. And he says, now, if we've been faithful with the little things, that when we get to heaven, here's what he's going to say to us. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And so if we've been faithful down here, our assignments, our responsibilities will be greater in heaven than they otherwise would have been. So that said, let's look in Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. And John now, the apostle, is having this vision of heaven. An angel is showing him around. And it says, he, that is the angel, showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. Now watch this, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. We're going to be in his cabinet. And we're going to have responsibilities. And in heaven, one of the things we're going to do is that we're going to serve God. Now, the question is, well, how are we going to serve God? I mean, what, what does God possibly need that we could give Him? Well, we know that one of the ways we'll serve Him is through our worship, through our praise. The first half of this service today was spent serving God in that way. God will give us other things to do. I know that some people believe, and I disagree with them, but there's some who believe that when we get to heaven, God is going to give us assignments to go to other planets, Mars or Pluto or Venus or some of these places, and they, they think that there are people living on those planets. And after we've been in heaven for a while, Jesus is going to say to us, John, you go to Mars, and then this one, you go to, you go to Pluto and and tell the people living there how they can be saved. Now, maybe just may, me and maybe all of you disagree with me. The reason I disagree with that, I don't believe anybody's living on Mars. That's just me personally. I, don't, I just don't think anybody's there. I'm sure one day we'll spend a billion dollars and confirm my hypothesis. But I just don't think anybody's living on Mars. And I can't find anything in the Bible that once we get to heaven, we're going to leave heaven. The Bible says when we get to heaven... We're going to be with the Lord forever. And so I don't think we'll be in heaven and then he'll send us somewhere else. I mean, once we're there, we're there. So our service of God will be worship and praise and other things that we don't know what God might ask us to do. But what I'm wanting us to think about today is not so much what will we do, but how will God determine what it is that we will do. And remember what I said, our assignments in heaven are de- will be dependent on our faithfulness down here on earth. And so what I want to do for the next few minutes, I want to ask you three questions today that are broad questions, but I think they will help us to to get to thinking about this in the right way. Because when we one day stand before Christ in judgment, these are the types of things he's going to judge us on. These are the things that will determine what we do when we get to heaven. So let's just play like, and this is a kind of a morbid thought, but let's just play like our lives are going to end today. And before this day's over, we're standing face to face with Jesus Christ in heaven. 
And he is doing a review of our lives from when we were young all the way up until today. And he's judging us based on how faithfully we have lived our lives because our faithfulness here determines our responsibilities up there. So these three questions will help us to know. So what I'm saying to you today, no matter how old you are, if you're 25, if you're 50, if you're 15, if you're 75, whatever your age is, as you look back on your life up until today, how would you answer these questions? Question number one, have you been faithful to the great commandment? Have you been faithful to the great commandment? Now turn back to Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, the very first book in the New Testament, chapter number 22. And I want us to see what I'm talking about here, the great commandment, because one of the things that God will judge us on is how faithful we have been to this. Matthew chapter 22 and verse number 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, Pharisees and Sadducees, two different religious groups in Jesus' day. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Now, what made that a good question is there are a lot of commandments in the law. In the Old Testament, which is the only Bible they had in New Testament times, of course, there, there are 613 laws, and they cover everything from what kind of food you should eat to relationships, money management, how you treat people, uh, coveting, stealing, adultery, all these murder, everything is included in these 613 laws. And so this lawyer says to Jesus, of all those 613 laws, which one is the most important? And so Jesus answered his question in verse 37. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This, he said, is the first and great commandment. And so Jesus said, yes, all these commandments are important, but if you can just get the first one down, to love God with all of your heart, you're going to keep the other commandments automatically. Because if you love God, you're going to want to honor Him in all these other ways. And so the question is, for us to all think about, if your life ended today, how faithfully have you kept the great commandment? Let me ask the question another way. Is there anything in your life that you love more than God? You know, we know that God has a serious problem with idolatry. And what is idolatry? Idolatry is when we put anything above God. Anything that we think about more than we think about God is idolatry. Because if we think about something more than we think about God, that means that thing or that person is more important to us than God. And anything could, could become an idol for us. Our jobs, our bank accounts could be an idol. A boat that you just bought, that could be an idol. It might not be, but it could be if that's more important to you than God. Uh, politics, that could be an idol if you are more obsessed with politics than you are with God. But when we spend more time thinking about any of those things than we do thinking about God, we're in a dangerous place because it's, it's possible that that has become an idol in our life. Think about what the Ten Commandments say. The very first commandment, the first of the ten. God said, you shall have no other gods before me. I'm saying to you, anything that we think about, love more, or are more obsessed with than God is an idol to us. Now, let me stop and just slow this down because I don't think we think much about ourselves being you know, guilty of idolatry. We, we think about idolatry as being an Old Testament t thing where 
people worshipped other gods. They had statues and they, they, they had all these images of other gods and they went and bowed down to these other gods. And, and we think, well, that's idolatry. There's no way that, that I'm guilty of idolatry. And yet in our day, idolatry is just as rampant as it was then. It just looks different now than, than what it did back then. But you know, even in the church, I'm very concerned, and I have said this multiple times in the last few years, one of my concerns in the church today, I'm talking about the church generally, is that just like the sports world wants people to worship, even in the church world, listen, we have made Christian ministers, Christian preachers, Christian singers, Christian worship leaders, we have turned these people into some kind of an idol. And what we have seen in in the last 20 years in American Christianity is some kind of a form of celebrity Christianity. Celebrity Christianity. And it's like, well, did you see that preacher? Or do you see, if you've been to his church or if if you've been with him when he's leading worship or have you heard her sing? It's celebrity Christianity. And even those of us in the church who know better, who love God, if we would think about what I'm saying, in many cases, we are elevating Christian leaders to the position that only God himself should have. Friend, listen closely to me. In Christianity, there is only one celebrity, and he spells his name J. E-S-U-S. Jesus is the star of this show. Jesus is. And even Jesus, when he came to earth, he didn't act like a celebrity. He was God. Jesus said, I've come to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. And he commanded us to be servants. But we don't want to be servants. We want people to say we're servants. But we want, see, I think, this is just me. I'm a preacher, so I can even talk more openly about the preacher world than I can the other world. When a church is growing and, and the room is packed and, and, and pe- you know, all these great things are happening. Here's the question. Who's getting the glory for that? God or the preacher? Well, we would say, well, it's God. You know, it's, of course, we give all the glory to God. Yes, yeah, all glory to God until the pastors get together on Monday at their pastor's conference and start telling everybody how many they had in their church the other day. It's not about how many people. It's about faithfulness to the Word, and it's about faithfulness to me, and it's an opportunity to keep things in perspective. And so the question, I spent a lot of time on that, the question is, are you faithful to the great commandment? Do you love God more than you love anything else? Question number two, I think God will ask us this. He may not ask the question, but He's going to judge us based on this. Have you been faithful, not only to the great commandment, have you been faithful to the golden rule? Look in the next part of this passage in verse 39, Jesus said, and the second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's technically not the golden rule. The golden rule is in Matthew 7, 12 in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the golden rule. But here when Jesus said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, he's saying the same thing in a different way. And so we have to ask ourselves, as we're making decisions, as we're interacting with others, are we making decisions based on what is best for us? Or are we making decisions on what is best for other people? And then the third question, quickly. Jesus is going to judge us and ask us this. Have you been faithful to the Great Commission? Now, you're in Matthew chapter 22. Look in chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28. 
the Great Commission. Right, Jesus is on the Mount of Olives. He's fixing to go back to heaven and return to his Father. And notice what he says to his disciples before he leaves. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So Jesus is saying to his disciples, listen, you've been with me for three years. You've seen me heal the blind, raise the dead to life, people that are paralyzed. I enable them to walk. I did a miracle in their body. You saw me die on that cross. You saw them put me in that tomb. And you know that I have been resurrected up out of that grave. You have seen it all. So what I want you to do, Matthew, and Thomas, and Nathaniel, and Peter, and James, and John, and Andrew, what I want you to do now is to take this gospel message all over the world. This one, you go here. You go to India, Thomas. You go here, Andrew. And you go all over the world telling people that God loves them, and that I have died on that cross to pay for their sins. I was buried. Three days later, I came up out of the, life, out of the grave. I've conquered the grave. You get that message all over the world. Think about it. We're several, many thousand miles today from the Mount of Olives, where Jesus gave that instruction 2,000 years ago. And yet, because these people were faithful with the Great Commission to share with others what Christ had done for them, Here we are in Pasadena, Texas. There wasn't even a Pasadena, Texas 2,000 years ago. And yet here we are sitting in a house of worship, singing and praising God, studying our Bibles. Why? Because they were faithful to the Great Commission to do what God had called them to do. And so I think Jesus, as he determines what our responsibilities and assignments in heaven will be, part of that will be based on how faithful we have been to the Great Commission. So before I get into an example here, let me just ask this question. How faithful would you say you have been? If life ended today, you're looking back on it. How faithful have you been to tell other people, friends, neighbors, coworkers, people you go to school with, family members. How faithful have you been to tell other people about Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, back in December, I was thinking about this one day at home, and I just got convicted. And I thought, God, really, at the end of the day, that's all that matters, is whether or not somebody was saved. And I thought, God, I mean, I was turning my life into the ministry in 1988. I was 18 years old, and I knew God had called me to preach. I already made that commitment. But I just recommitted myself in December at home. And I said, God, I've already signed up for the ministry. I'm in it deep, and I'm glad and grateful. But God, I want to make a fresh commitment at this point in my life to say, for the remainder of my life, whatever ministry I do, I want the heart of it and the focus of it to be helping people come to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Because when it's all said and done, that's really the only thing that matters. I think all of us sometimes wonder, is what I'm doing, does it even matter? Let me tell you something, friend. If you have spent your life endeavoring to keep the great commandment, keeping the golden rule, and following the great commission, one day you're going to stand before Jesus Christ, and as he does a review of your life, you know what he's going to say to you? He's going to say, what you did on earth mattered. Flip the coin to be totally honest and not just preach half of it, I'm afraid that there are going to be a lot of Christians on that day stand before Jesus, and Jesus is going to do a review of their lives. 
Jesus' ultimate truth, and yet consummate tenderness and love. I'm afraid Jesus will look at many Christians and say, well, the good news is you're saved. Because now we're going to be together in heaven forever, and it's going to be wonderful. And that's the good news. But the bad news is, and I want to say this tenderly, because he's Jesus, and everything's tender, but everything's true. Jesus will say, as I look back over your life in review, I'm so glad you were saved. I'm so glad you're here with me forever. But as I look back over your life, what you did on earth really didn't matter. It was all about bank accounts and boats and ball games and making a name for yourself and doing what you wanted to do no matter what anybody else wanted to do. And it really wasn't committed to, to loving me supremely and, and, it, and it really wasn't committed to doing everything within your power to tell as many people as you could about Jesus. And so... I'm so glad you're saved. I'm so glad you're here. But as I do your life in review, it wasn't what it could have been. And so in heaven, you're not going to get to do all the things you could have done. But it's still going to be wonderful because we're still together. But if our assignments up there are based on our faithfulness or lack thereof down here. Do you see why I said at the beginning? That thinking often of heaven changes everything about how we live our lives. Now, before I stop, I'm seeing everybody out here depressed and down and in the dumps. When I look at my life in review, I, I come up to the same conclusion as you do. I say, well, you know, if I'm honest, I've not always kept the, the great commandment. I've not always loved God more than everything else. I mean, I've had idols by different names. I've not always kept the golden rule. There have been plenty of times in my life where I was just first-class selfish, belligerent, hard-headed, and it's all about me. So I could say, I, I didn't keep the golden rule. Of that. And there have been other times in my life say, you know what, God? I had opportunities to share with others how to be saved. For whatever reason, I didn't do it. You know the good news of God? The good news is He is a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, a thousand chances and new beginnings. You know what God says to us today? God says, hey, even if you haven't been all that you wish you would have been up until now, and none of us have, I haven't, none of us have. God says, draw a line in the sand. Let today be a new beginning. And as you leave here today, leave with a fresh, not just desire, but commitment that from this day forward, your life is about the great commandment, loving God more than anybody or anything else. It's about the golden rule, doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it's about the great commission, telling everybody you can about the life, death, resurrection, and salvation that we can find in Jesus Christ. And if we'll do that, one day we'll stand before Jesus in review, and he'll say, you know, that service you went to in Pasadena, and you made that fresh commitment. You say, yeah, but John, how about all the years that I've lost in the past? Remember the story Jesus said about the man who didn't go to work till 11 o'clock in the evening, and yet he got paid the same amount of money as the people who started at 6 o'clock in the morning? 
Jesus said the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And so Jesus is not going to punish you for what you've not done up to this point. He will forgive us for where we've failed. He'll give us a new beginning. And he will judge us in heaven from this day forward. Listen, if you'll deal with whatever's not been right in the past, when you stand for Jesus in judgment, he's not going to judge you for that. He's going to judge you from this day forward. And if this day forward, it's all about the great commandment, the golden rule, and the great commission. He's going to say to you one day, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in the little things, and I'm going to give you responsibilities now forever in heaven. Welcome to heaven. Welcome to my cabinet. You're going to rule and reign with me for all eternity. Amen. If you would like to have a new beginning in your relationship with Jesus, or if you want to find out how you can have peace with God, you can contact us by sending an email to info at peacebybelieving.org or by giving us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Also, you can go to our website, peacebybelieving.org, and look for the Find Peace tab. We hope that today's message has been a blessing to you. You can find this message, along with many others, under the Broadcast tab on our website, peacebybelieving.org. Thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to you being with us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.